This is NBA Sound System Live, featured on NBA.com sites around the world and archived on the NBA Sound System podcast feed, where you get your podcasts by searching NBA Sound System. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, each with the handle at NBA Sound System, or visit us at NBASoundSystem.com for more. Now, NBA Sound System Live. NBA Sound System live, up and running across the NBA Global Networks. I'm Carlin Gay. He is Scott Rafferty. We're approaching, uh, Scott, one of my favorite weekends in the sport sporting calendar. Uh, that is All-Star Weekend. Normally, under normal circumstances, we would actually be traveling to wherever the event is being held. Everyone knows that the world is a lot different today than it was a year ago when we were all in Chicago uh, as an NBA family and a community. Uh, this year... The players, at least, will be going to Atlanta, and we'll have a game or a day, uh, an all-star day instead of an all-star weekend, uh, jam-packed Sunday, March the 7th. We'll have the game. We'll have the dunk contest, the three-point shootout, and then also the skills challenge all on Sunday. It should be exciting. Get to your TV. It's going to be on TNT. But uh, a part of that all-star festivities, which we'll get into in a little bit, is, is the all-star draft. You and I will use this time to actually pick out uh, we'll play like LeBron James and Kevin Durant and, and pick out the, the the rosters that we, if we had the choice, we would like to see play head-to-head on the 7th. Yeah, it's um, this feels like an annual tradition at this point. I think when they it first is. did the when they first did the draft, it was such an exciting moment because it was just this new thing. Um, and I hope it's something they just do every year now because it does add a layer of excitement to it. It's fun to see who these guys pick. Um, and, and it just makes it more interesting. Although I will say the one thing... The one thing I'd love to see them bring back is the uh, for every player to wear their own jerseys in the All Star Game because I, I I love that. Yeah, that was uh that was for me that that reminds me of my childhood seeing every player wearing their own all their own jersey with just a little All Star logo and as a kid I, I definitely wanted to buy that I wanted to buy that version of the jersey with the little All Star uh, star on the uh, chest of uh, their regular jerseys. I don't know we don't know really what the All Star jerseys will look like this year. I, I haven't seen any announcements. I don't know if you have, but uh, I'm hoping that we lean towards that. That would be a great idea for this game coming up here on March the 7th. One game that we do have to speak of that won't be happening, that normally happens on All-Star Weekend. Normally, All-Star Weekend Friday, you get the Rising Stars Challenge. It's an opportunity to see the future of the game, uh, really participate. We all see Team World versus Team USA. It's always great fun. The games obviously doesn't have much defense being featured, but this year they will not be playing that game. But on March 3rd, uh, we're recording this here on March 2nd. So on March 3rd, they will at least recognize um, the deserving players for the game and, and, and announce both teams, even though they won't be playing the game. Is there one or two players that you are kind of a little down that you're not going to be able to see this year in that Rising Stars Challenge? Yeah, the, there's one player in particular, and his name is Lugens Dor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we were making a joke today. Um, a couple of members of NBA.com staff are actually doing a draft for that game, um, as if it was happening, kind of going through the last couple drafts and who they think should make that um, make those teams. And I joked that it's a good thing I wasn't doing it because Lou Dort might be my number one pick if I was. Um, I, I, I just love him. You know, he still has a lot of flaws in his game. He's still, you know, very young, still developing. 
but he's made huge strides offensively this season, at least strides in, in an encouraging direction. And I mean, he's already one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, which is why, right. because he, he hasn't even played a full season's worth of games yet. Um, and he, he's just, every single night, he's guarding the best player on the opposing team. And he feels like someone who take one of those games really seriously, like the, the, the way that he plays. And you, you need players like that. You know, I'll never forget Kyle Lowry drawing two charges um, in the fourth quarter of last last season's All-Star game. So you do need players like that. So yeah, I, I would love to see him rewarded. I don't think he, he got it last year. Um, because he, I, I, I don't honestly, I don't even know if he'd played a game for the Thunder. We didn't at that know point. who he was yet. At that <laughs> yeah, point. exactly. Because he was on a two-way contract, so um, it, it would have been nice to see uh, him get rewarded, and maybe he will. But to see him in that game, it would have been cool. Yeah, I think uh, OKC started. Uh, well, found it. Well, they had him. They knew who. He, they knew who he was. Um, but they started giving him consistent minutes, probably in around January. By the time the All Star game happened like in Feb, uh, there was no chance of him making the roster. So. This year, he definitely would have been selected. I think he will get selected uh, once that announcement's made on March 3rd. Uh, and just if you're wondering, the Rising Stars Challenge is normally determined by the assistant coaches in the league. Uh, and it's first and second year players. Ten from the United States, ten international players make up the two teams. And we normally see that on a Friday night this year. Obviously, that's not happening. But it's going to be good that these guys could at least add that to their resume and uh, you know still get recognized uh, at some level uh, coming up this week. Um, let's get into it, Scott. We have the all-star draft that goes down. The real one is going down between Kevin Durant and LeBron James on March the 4th. That's Thursday, March the 4th. I think it's going to be on TNT, if I'm not mistaken. It is on TNT. Um, and they will uh, play the game on March the 7th. So only three days to uh, to get things together. But uh, these all-stars don't need much time to, to, to get acquainted, uh, even if they do have a practice or not. They could just roll the ball out and let them play. So uh, we decided before coming on the air that I would be Kevin Durant, you would be LeBron James, but we did not decide who would pick first, and I don't know who has the first pick in the actual draft. So uh, I'm going to defer to you. You go ahead. Since you're LeBron, you are the, uh, the older uh, vet here. Why not, why not go with the number one pick? I will say I think he will get the number one pick because he was the leading vote getter. But gotcha. I mean that 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 remains to be seen. But I'm cool with picking number one. And we should say by the way, we're we're, we're going starters first. So you pick yes. the the nine remaining starters in this situation because Kevin Durant has been replaced by Jason Tatum, and then we'll go through the reserves. Um, I, Colin, you know who I'm picking number one, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. You know who I'm picking number one. Th- this might come as a surprise to some, but if it does, I'm kind of sad because he's been an MVP candidate this season, a legitimate MVP candidate. I'm going with Nikola Jokic. Um, again, he's just been absolutely awesome this season. He's become a legit knockdown three-point shooter. He's the best passing big man of all time. Sure, he's not the defender that Joel Embiid is, um, but I think he's actually better defensively than his reputation. And also, he would just be awesome next to LeBron. Like I, I was so excited to see Mark Gasol play next to, to LeBron because it's just two really high IQ players who can play off of each other. And I mean, this is this is, this is is prime Gasol on steroids in Jokic. Um, and they would just feel like a dream together on offense. So this was a very easy decision for me. It's, it's Nikola Jokic at number one. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm not surprised at all. I'm sure many listeners might be surprised. But if they know Scott, they know he loves him some Nikola <laughs> Jokic, who, by the way, had a little had a little poster yesterday uh, last oh, night. Oh, he did. Listening to this on, on Tuesday Live. Uh, he posterized the rookie Patrick Williams of the Chicago Bulls and won with a, with a nice finish uh, over top of him. That That's probably the, uh, the best highlight in terms of dunking Jokic have, has given us in his career, isn't it? 
Um, as someone who, you know, probably has gone back almost every single one of his dunks just out of entertainment, <laughs> I, I don't remember one being better than that. And he's actually like, for him, he's actually thrown down a lot of dunks this season. I think he's on yes. pace to basically shatter his his previous um, single season high for dunks. So yeah, Jokic, is, is, uh, his legs are feeling good this season. What's What is he at now? He's at 23 dunks on the year? Um, yeah, I know you keep this like close that. to the chest. It, 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 it's it, something I'll, I'll let you look that up while I make my. I point. think it's seventeen. I'm, I'm going to say before I look it up. I think it's seventeen, and I think his single season high is twenty three. Um, and I hope <laughs> I get this because that will just reaffirm how much of a fan of his I am. Oh my goodness! A, a lot of those, a lot of those layups that he's had at the rim, though, in, in years past, probably should have been turned over into dunks. I, but I, I like the aggressiveness from Jokic this season. Um, I'll make my pick while you look that up. And uh, just a reminder, as, as Scott said off the top, because Kevin Durant is not playing in the game, I already have Jason Tatum, uh, who's going to start uh, for my team, correct? So that uh, that leaves me with uh, eight other guys that I could choose. Uh, uh, I, think you can, I think you can go with anyone here. I, I, I think you can... I, I, I want to give you the benefit of the doubt here because I, I would assume you wouldn't take Tatum with one of your like top Absolutely three picks. Not. No. Okay. So I, I, well, maybe I, I top think, three, maybe you never know. But okay, I, I think uh, you go with anyone. Go with anyone. I'm, I'm going with Luka Doncic as my uh, my number one overall pick. I want a ball handler. I want someone that uh, isn't afraid of the moment. And, and of course, it's Elon Emnick. Ealing, Elam ending, uh, easy for me to say. Uh, and I think a, a guy like Luca with the game on the line, as he's proven throughout his NBA career, he is not afraid of the big moment. He can make big shots. I, well, it's an all-star game, so all these guys can do that. But uh, Luca can create and also create for others in that moment. And I feel like a lot of guys just want to play with Luka Doncic. He, he just has that uh, the, sort of that, that LeBron quality where, where different guys just will enjoy playing with a, a megastar like Luka Doncic because, again, he, he's a great passer and he's not afraid to make that pass. So Luka's my guy. Luka's going with my number one pick to add to uh, Jason Tatum. That, there's nothing wrong with that pick. You can't go wrong with Luka. Um, before we get to the next pick, Jokic. 17 dunks on the season, 23 is a single season career high. So I, I was spot so on, I think. In. So you there we go. Um, knocked it out of the park. You should be embarrassed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, with my number two pick, as I said, the only thing that Jokic can't do is uh, kind of anchor a paint. So we, we, we need some defensive help. So I'm going with Kawhi Leonard here. He's, he's another okay. MVP candidate this season. Um, is averaging just under a career high in scoring. He's getting a lot more opportunities to play out of the post. Um, his passing has improved considerably over the last couple seasons. And, oh, yeah, he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Um, so, basically, I'm looking at this roster right now. There's no one, really, that you can pick here that I'm not too worried about matching up defensively with uh, LeBron and Kawhi and potentially the next person that I take. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about the offensive firepower between the three of them. And we have definitely enough defense to kind of make up for Jokic's shortcomings. Yeah, speaking of defense, uh, my lineup does not have that in Luka Doncic. That's the one <laughs> downfall that he does have. So we need someone to help him out on the back end. And I need a good wing defender since KD is going to be hurt. Me being KD, I'm not going to be playing in the game. Tatum is great on the wing, a, a good defender. Uh, he's not great. He's a good wing defender, but he's not great. So my next pick has to be a great wing defender. Uh, I'm going with Giannis. I'm going to Giannis Antetokounmpo, two-time MVP. Um in an all-star game, Giannis is one guy that I know is going to bring it. He's not. He's not. He's not coming out there to just uh, go through the motions. He's going to push the envelope. 
and and I think that will set the tone for my team. So Giannis is uh is my pick. Yeah, I won't be shocked if he he, he guns for the MVP this year. Yeah, he, he's one of those. Yeah, he's one of those guys who uh, he, the only way that he knows how to play is hard, right? On both ends of the court, so you can't go wrong with him either. Um, I, I've already done a mock draft, by the way, with uh, with Gilbert McGregor, one of our colleagues, and Giannis actually dropped to me with this pick, which I was very happy about. So I was kind of hoping it would happen again because, um, as good as LeBron and Kawhi are defensively, <laughs> LeBron, Kawhi, and Giannis is just another complete level. Um, so a little disappointed that you didn't let him fall to me there, but. I'm going to go Steph Curry. Uh, I, I actually thought that you were going to take him with potentially your first pick. Um, and if not your first pick, your second pick. He's, his numbers, he's basically putting up the same numbers that he was in his uh, unanimous MVP season. And, and you know what's wild about Curry, by the way? I, I looked up this stat uh, today. So he, he's shooting, he's taking 11.7 threes per game this season. So over 10 threes a game. And he's shooting 41.3%. Wow. This is going to be, he's on pace to shoot more than 10 threes in a season and make at least 40% of them for the third time in his career. Wow. And only one other player in NBA history has ever done that. And that's Damian Lillard. Um, he's just, I mean, it, you know, he, he's the greatest shooter of all time. We've, we've been saying this for years now, but um, for him to just kind of, at the age of 32, after the injuries that he dealt with last year, missing all that time, people questioning whether or not he could kind of lead a team again at this stage of his career with Kevin Durant gone and missing Clay Thompson the entire season he, he's just been absolutely unreal and uh, the MVP race is crazy this season but he, he's definitely in that mix um, I, I don't think he, he I personally don't have him as a finalist one of the top three right now but he's certainly in that mix between that like four to six range um, he, he's just been absolutely absurd so yeah ha having him next to LeBron Jokic and Kawhi greatest shooter of all time I'm not mad about that yeah, he's he's uh he's incredible, and and to those who counted him out, he's saying that he's thirty two and thirty two is old. I mean, come on, knock it off. Uh, I'm I'm glad that Steph is back to what he once was uh, prior to all the the injuries that he had to deal with the last couple of seasons. Uh, left on the board is Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal, and Kyrie Irving, and I'm gonna surprise people here with this pick and actually go with Bradley Beal. Uh, Bradley Beal mm -hmm. is a guy who. Uh, is filling it up, uh, to say the least, on, on the score sheet. Um, is he a better player than the two guys that I left on the board for him? I don't know. Don't really know the answer to that question. I think a lot of people would say no. But when you're talking about an all-star game, uh, you, you kind of and you're building a team from scratch, really, uh, having a guy like in the same old Steph, having a guy that you don't need to run a play for and will always be a willing shooter, uh, a catch-and-shoot guy, is important so uh bradley beal is a pick here and you can also put it on the floor as we've seen now throughout the season the last two seasons really with him uh scoring the way he has so bradley peel my pick here it's it's so disrespectful to let joel and beat full <laughs> as far as he has and as much as i want to take him right now to just you know be like this is wrong and you don't deserve to have joel and beat with your last pick uh, <laughs> i'm letting it happen I'm, I'm going kyrie irving here um it just makes more sense for the the roster that i have he's played right. next to lebron we've seen the, what they were able to do together in cleveland he's having a terrific season by the way um we, we can talk more about the nets when we talk when we get to james harden who's in the reserves but um, that they've just they've just fit so much better than I thought they would. It's been so smooth. Kyrie Irving kind of moving to that shooting guard spot, which is kind of the role that he played next to LeBron um, in Cleveland. He, he's just been fantastic. So um, yeah, that that rounds out my starting five with Steph, Kyrie, um, Kawhi, LeBron, and Jokic. That that that's some offensive firepower there. 
It really is. Um, and the reason why I think Embiid slid down, the minute you took Jokic, I knew you weren't going to yeah. double up and take Embiid. So it's a strategy here by me. And I also got to make clear to the fans out there, as me being Kevin Durant, uh, I think Kevin Durant would probably have picked Kyrie Irving with the first overall pick. But uh, what he should do is what I actually did in this draft. And Embiid is the final pick here. Uh, dropping to me, like I said, the minute you picked Jokic number one, I knew you weren't going to double up and, and go with two bigs. Uh, so I knew that I could wait and get Embiid either in the second to last pick or the last pick. And I got him last. So uh, here he is, Joel Embiid rounding up my team of Luka, Beal, Tatum replacing KD, Giannis, and and uh, Joel Embiid in the front court. Giannis and Joel Embiid in the front court, uh, and and is is pretty nice. I mean, it is. You're talking about two of the best rim protectors in the NBA, and then I got some shooting. And Tatum uh, probably isn't of the level of Kevin Durant when he's healthy, but uh, still not a bad consolation prize there. No, you have a, a pretty nice starting five. You also have Luca running the show, which uh, yeah. again, you can never go wrong with that. So no, um, not at all. It's it's an interesting mix, though. I I, I feel like I kind of started out. I wanted to get more defense around Jokic. Um, but then I, I feel like I lean more on offense as it developed, and it feels like you've got more of a defensive-minded team, um, at least in your front court. Your back court's so pretty, pretty offensive-minded, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, with uh, we go to the reserves now, and you actually get the uh, first pick among the reserves. I do have the first pick among the reserves, and I am not going to waste any time in going with uh, a guy who I think is an MVP candidate uh, this season and has been terrific on his new team. And I'm throwing a curveball here, Scott, because I think you think I'm taking James Harden, but I'm not. I'm actually going with Chris Paul. I want Chris Paul on this team. Uh, and again, I know people hear his name, an MVP candidate, and they might roll their eyes and say, what? That, that's insane. Go look at what the Suns have been doing uh, this season. This is a team that hasn't made the playoffs in forever. And all they did uh, was add Chris Paul. Not, well, not all they did, but they, they added Chris Paul. And uh, they've become a team where we expect them to finish now near the top four of the Western Conference. They're really only four games out of first place. And the way things have been changing in the NBA's uh, standings as of late, that could be a week's worth of games. And, uh, and, and they're right there. They're amongst... You know, if you had told me that the Suns would be battling the Lakers and the Clippers, uh, which is who they're one game and half a game behind, respectively, mm-hmm. in the Western Conference uh, for second overall seed uh, in a West, I, I would have told you you're insane. And Chris Paul is 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 a, is a big part of the reason why. And also, I need a guy that's going to close in in this Elam system. And I think when I'm thinking about the best five that I could put out there. In an Elam game, just like we saw last year, I think Chris Paul was a part of that, and uh, he's one of the best clutch scorers in the NBA under regular circumstances. Now with all-stars surrounding him, uh, I think he'll be terrific. So Chris Paul is my pick here, first out of the reserves. Yeah, I'm, I'm stunned that you went there. Uh, I'm not mad at it. I, I love Chris Paul. We've ta- I, I feel like the first podcast that we did this season, I was just raving about the Suns and how much I loved watching them, how much I loved that team. Um, that they, they went through a little bit of a lull, I want to say like a month ago, but they picked it back up. And you're right, I, I think they have the fourth best record in the, in the entire NBA right now, right? It's not even just right. um, just the Western Conference. So they, they've been fantastic. And it, it's scary to think that they're only going to get better. Like, that, they, they will. Devin Booker um, has been awesome lately. Obviously, we're going to hear his name soon eventually here. Um, DeAndre Ayton's been good. Mikel Bridges um, is an MIP candidate. So, yeah, I really like that team. Chris Paul has been awesome. What he's doing at his age is just incredible. You know, we, we, we talk about LeBron being 36 in the MVP conversation, still arguably the best player in the league and how incredible that is. But 
But yeah, Chris Paul doing this um, for an undersized point guard. I mean, th- this just doesn't happen usually. So yeah. um, another fantastic season from Chris Paul. You put me in a tricky spot here because, uh, yeah, I did think you were going to go James Harden. Kind of like you did with me. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of call you a bluff a little bit and just assume that you don't want Chris Paul and James Harden on the same team after how things ended with the Rockets. Um, and I'm going to go with Dame. Damian Lillard with my, okay. my first pick among the reserves. Um, I know you're a big Dame guy, so I don't need to even explain this to you. But um, you were talking about clutch. There is nobody who's been better in the clutch than Damian Lillard this season. He, uh, right. Zach Levine is the only player who has scored more points than him in the clutch. But Damian Lillard, I'm going to read you these shooting splits. Damian Lillard is shooting 60% from the field in the clutch, 55.6 from three, uh, 55.6% from three, and 100% from the free throw line. He's a perfect 24 for 24. Um, he, he's just absurd. I mean, that, that game against the Bulls when he hit those back-to-back threes, uh, that, that's one of the, the high moments of the, league, the, the season so far. Um, and then on that road trip, he had a big bucket against the Thunder. I think, it, uh, sorry, the Pelicans, there was that game winner layup that he had. And then against the Thunder, he, he had a huge step back three over Lugens Dort to kind of put the nail in the coffin there. So um, Damian Lillard, he's going to fit alongside my starting five just fine. He can close if we need that, that shooter, that guard. Um, and again, I'm going to call you a bluff on James Harden here and hope that you don't want him and Chris Paul on the same team. I, uh, yeah, you, 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 you kind of read my mind not that i don't want james harden i just think that there are better players available to me um not from a standpoint of skill position or, or skill set or anything like that because i think james harden's highly skilled and still one of the t- 10 best players in the nba uh but when you're looking at an all-star game i'm thinking about motor i'm thinking about guys who uh are, are you know trying to put on a show in their first outing and and, and really win the game i want to win this game uh and that being said i'm going with zion williamson uh, yeah. A guy who's known for his motor. All you ever heard about was du- at Duke because this guy has a high motor. He's coming into the NBA with a high motor. He doesn't stop going. Uh, his defense has left us wanting in the NBA, but that's fine because this is not a defensive game. It's an offensive game. And the last month, Zion has turned the corner into something very special. And we're not even through, you know, he hasn't even played 50 games in his career yet, right? Like he, he's, he's still just scratching the surface in his NBA career, or 60 games rather. Hasn't played 60 games in his NBA career, which is insane when you think about it. And uh, 27 points, six and a half rebounds, four and a half assists in the month of February. He was knocking down free throws at 75%. That's impressive. And then, of course, shooting 65% from the field for the month of February. That's 15 games uh, worth of a sample size. I mean, he has been as good as advertised on the offensive end. The defense, like I said, he he can get better there. But what really is impressing me, Scott, is his ability to playmake and that, you know, Stan Van Gundy and the Pelicans have allowed him to become a – a ball handler and put him in situations where he is now waiting for someone to screen for him and then having to read the defense and make decisions. And he's, he's done quite all right. Like he's, he's, he's sort of figuring it out in that role. So that tells me two things. One, I think we've underestimated his playmaking ability. And then two, when the defense or when games slow down in the postseason, if we ever see him in the postseason this year, or whenever he gets there, he'll be able to really dissect defenses and and give you more than just offensive rebound putbacks. And that's important for the, the next level of where we think he can get to. And it's something that I think 
someone like you know Giannis because that's what he's going to get compared to for the lack of their jump shooting or long range jump shooting ability. That's something that this early in his career for him to show that shows that he can actually produce in a half court setting in the postseason. Something that Giannis, who's on my team as well, uh, I've been very critical of him in, in the past of not being able to show us that he could do that. Yeah, he. Um, I, I remember people talking about Zion's playmaking coming into the NBA, but I, I don't think anyone saw him doing what he is already this soon because um, he really is. It's It's been an absolute releva- uh, revelation the last month or so, and he's been doing it against like good players. Like He, he played Giannis a week ago. Um, last night he played against uh, the Utah Jazz, and I mean there were times when he just bulldozed his way to the rim through Rudy Gobert, who is arguably the defensive player of the year and the best rim protector in the league. Um, and you know, he's what six foot six, like there's no way someone his size should be able to just dominate the paint (laughs) that the way he does. Um, and and a pretty wild stat by the way. So right now he's leading the league with 19.3 points per game in the paint. Okay. Mm. That is the most points anyone has averaged in the paint since Shaq in 2002, 2003. So, um, oh, and by the way, he's shooting 65.5% in the restricted area, which is absurd. So he's just... It's his second season. He's barely played a season's worth of games, um, and he's already just imposing his will physically on on uh, on defenses. And you're right; he's just going to continue to add to it um, as a playmaker. You know, hopefully his jump shot kind of develops in the years to come. And to think that he's already an All Star, um, I, I had him on my ballot. Um, actually, I had Devin Booker as um, a wild card, which is a tough decision. But to, to think that he's already like one of the best players, recognizes one of the best players in the Western Conference, having played this few games, is just is just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the, the disrespect for James Harden ends here. I'm sorry. Um, as, as much fun <laughs> as it's going to be to watch Zion in the All-Star game, I mean, come on. The uh, one-time MVP led the league in scoring, what was it, three years in a row? Right. He's leading the league in assists this season. Um, again, we already kind of talked about the Nets a little bit already, but I think he's been the key to the Nets actually hitting the ground running since that trade because... You know, there was all this talk, all this concern about him, whether or not he'd be able to adapt his game to kind of fit next to Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And we haven't really seen the three of them play that much together. But but James Harden really has embraced being the point guard of that team, that facilitator. Um, and I mean, there's still nights when he just goes off offensively. Nothing you can do to slow him down in isolation. He's still probably the most feared isolation scorer in the league. Um, yeah, the, the, the disrespect ends here. James Harden uh, with my second reserve pick. And I, I actually wasn't even looking towards him with this pick coming up. Uh, so it would have continued had you not picked him here. But I, I will say this. A lot of people, uh, when you talk about James Harden and you mention the MVP you know, race and you, and you say you know, he's, he's an MVP candidate, I think the, the naysayers will look to the Houston situation and be like, well, he, 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 he sort of tanked the season there or, and, and, and really kind of forced his way out. It feels like that was like half of the year. That was only eight games where he, where he played in Houston, and his numbers are re- are, are relatively the same uh, of what he's doing right now in Brooklyn, um, minus the efficiency. Like it, it is, it's weird to think that that was only eight games, and now and like I said, eight games or four games is just teams out there playing four games in a week now. Uh, eight games was like three weeks worth of the season right like he, he that whole saga felt lo- a lot longer than under a month and uh maybe because it started in the off season maybe because it went back all the way back then but it feels like we're holding him hostage to that moment when by the time we get to the end of the year 
it will just be a, a small fraction of what happened this year for James Harden and and ultimately the Brooklyn Nets that I don't think we could really hold that against him too much because he has been terrific, as you said, uh, by getting over. Now, I don't agree with what he did, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to hold it against him if it comes down to it in an MVP vote. I mean, that's something coming from you, too, because I feel like you are um, more critical than I was for how he handled that situation. Um, so for you to be saying that, I, I mean, I think it speaks a lot to, to how good he's been with the Nets. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, the, let's be real. Like the MVP is usually a narrative award, and I, I do feel like people are going to um, hold that against him because he didn't exactly handle it <laughs> the best way, I don't think. But no. I mean... He he's been he's been awesome um, since he's joined the Nets. He's done everything they needed him to. That team is terrifying. Looks like they could be the best team in the East, and they could come out and make the finals and potentially win it all. Um, yeah, he he's been fantastic. I, I actually had him. We do a uh, MVP ladder every couple of weeks on NBA.com, um, and we basically all had the same top three. Um, and the the four and five spots are always the most interesting week after week. And this week, for the first time, I had him at the fifth spot, um, just because I think he he's been incredible. Um, and it, it's similar with Giannis too. Like I, I think, um, who actually didn't make any of our ballots, which is which is crazy to think about. But just these narratives and how we kind of hold that against players, because um, I think Giannis has done enough this season to be in the mix as well, and probably should be in the top five. So yeah, ho- hopefully Harden gets his due. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, still my pick. Uh, I'm, I'm going to surprise you again here, and I'm going to continue the theme of guys who I think will take this game seriously and want to impress uh, in an all-star game and, and kind of prove themselves that they belong on this stage. And I'm going with Zach Levine. Uh, Zach Levine is having a terrific season for the Chicago Bulls, and I think that I don't think that many people are really paying attention to how good he is. I think people realize that, you know what, the last couple of years he's been an incredible scorer. Um, you know, he, he's, he's been able to score, so, quote-unquote, on a bad team in Chicago uh, the last two years since he's made that move to Minnesota. He's been their go-to guy. But he's doing it efficiently this year, Scott. The dude's shooting 52% from the field, 43% from three, 85% from the from the free throw line. Like if he focuses a little bit more, uh, you know, making those free throws, we're talking about a 50-40-90 season easily uh, for Zach Levine, and that's 28 points per game. He's 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 up this average again this season. That's three years in a row uh, where he's up this average from the year before since being in Chicago. He deserves this all-star selection. You can say that his defense isn't to the level of where it needs to be, but it isn't that bad where we should punish him uh, or or kind of hold it against him because his offense has been terrific on a team that doesn't really have that much offensively uh, to help him out. And uh, the Bulls, I don't think they're a playoff team, but they're going to be in the mix for that uh, play-in game. Um, you know, they, they've been keeping it close and. They've had some tough losses uh, here and there, but they are they are as they get healthier, um, you know, going to be in the mix for like I said that the tenth seed. So Zach Levine, my guy, and I think getting on this stage, he'll try to go out and prove to everybody that he does belong, and and I think that is important when you're trying to win an All Star game. Yeah, his game is tailor made for the All Star game. Um, he's just the kind of guy who you it feels like he's just going to thrive on that floor. Um, and, and, you know, we, we started talking about this, about how Jokic is dunking way more this season. The funny thing about Zach Levine is that he came into the NBA uh, with the reputation of being this dunker. And obviously, you know, he had one of the greatest dunk contest performances we've ever seen. Um, what he did, him and Aaron Gordon going head to head was absolutely unreal. But he's 4.9% of his field goal attempts this season have been dunks, which is a career low. Like th- this is a guy who, um, again, came into the league as a dunker, but has really worked on his game. Uh, he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Uh, his growth has been really 
really entertaining to watch. Um, and it's always, you know, we, we're so quick, I feel like, um, nowadays to write players off early in their career. And like some guys just take longer to develop. And that's kind of been the case with Zach Levine. Like we've seen flashes of it the last few years. Um, but now what, his seventh season, he's kind of come out into this all-star form. Um, and it's really cool to see. So, uh, yeah, he, he, as I said, he, he's kind of, his game is made for the All-Star game. So I think he's going to be good. Um, I wouldn't have picked him with this pick, but I respect it. Uh, I think I'm going to go Ben Simmons with my next pick. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, he, he, he got off to a little bit of a slow start this season, but um, right. he's really picked it up lately. And he's arguably the defensive player of the year. It's between him and Rudy Gobert right now, I think. Rudy Gobert is obviously the best interior defender in the league. But Ben Simmons is an absolute freak. He's a six foot eleven guard who can guard every single position, um, and guards the best player on the opposing team most nights for the Philadelphia 76ers. Who, yes, they have another defensive player of the year candidate or like an all defense candidate in Joel Embiid. But I mean, Ben Simmons is among the league leaders in steals. He's among the league leaders in deflections. Like he's just he's just an absolute monster on the defensive end of the court. And I think you know th- this team. I can kind of roll out. I have Kawhi, I have LeBron, now I have Ben Simmons, I have Damian Lillard with some offense, but that we can guard pretty much anyone. Um, so I, I feel I feel good about Ben Simmons right here. Yeah, I'm not mad at Ben Simmons. He was he was actually uh, on the board to be my next pick, so I got to go down the list and uh, continue with the theme of guys who I think will try to prove that they belong on this stage. With a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, I'm going with Devin Booker here. Uh, Booker uh, is is has having a, another terrific season. Again, I f- feel like even though 10 years from now, when someone looks back on his basketball reference page and they look at the stats and they'll see the all-star little uh, logo next to his uh, season this year, they won't remember that he was, you know, he had to be uh, selected by the commissioner to to replace an injured player. And that's the second year in a row that's happened to him. Uh, and, and I think that um, that that kind of bothers him because he's not getting in his maybe in his opinion and some other players as well, uh, including LeBron James, the, the respect he deserves as a bona fide all star, not someone who gets picked by the commissioner because someone can't make the game uh, in this case being Anthony Davis. So uh, I think Devin Booker is going to show up on March 7th uh, with that chip on his shoulder. And, and he, he's a guy that is capable of filling it up. As we know, he, he went for 70 in a game before. Uh, he, he is a guy that uh, likes to take on the challenge of, you know, whenever uh, he's going up against a, a player that is um, more well-known, I guess, than he is, better than he is. He likes to take on that challenge of going right at them, uh, talking a little junk. I think he's going to make the All-Star game fun. He wants to win. And we're finally seeing him in a good situation this year in Phoenix. And I don't think anybody realizes that he's actually been playing a little bit of defense this year. Uh, it's not lockdown because he doesn't have to do that. It's not his role. And they got great defenders around him. But he's not a turnstile. So uh, Devin Booker is my pick. And, and I think he's going to try and, uh, again, like I said, use that chip on his shoulder to prove he belongs amongst this group. To give you another stat, the uh, the Suns have been 12.6 points per 100 possessions, better offensively with Devin Booker on the court this season, which is what by far and away, which is by far and away. Oh, sorry, what? What about the defense? Uh, the defense hasn't been great. Um, that that differential does not work in his favor. But the offense, <laughs> <laughs> the offense has been significantly better with him on the court, and he's been awesome uh, the last 11 games. He's averaging just under 30 points per game, um, shooting basically 50, 40, 90. He, he's just been mm. unreal. So I've always been a big fan of Devin Booker. Um, and as hard as it was to pick Zion over him for my last spot when I did when we did our ballots for reserves, um, he 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 definitely deserves. 
to be an all-star this season. Um, you're just loading up on young guys and uh, first-time all-stars. I know, I know, I Devin am. Booker's a second-time all-star, but I, I'm, I got to say, I'm kind of surprised that Paul George has fallen this far. Um, Paul George is having was his first season in LA was a bit of a, a rough ride. I think mainly because he had those shoulder surgeries in the off-season, got off to a slow start, and it just ended horribly for him. But he's I mean, he, he's been fantastic this season. Speaking of 50, 40, 90 guys, he, he's just right there, basically. He's having the most efficient season of his career. Um, I And, I mean, to be quite frank, I've never been the biggest Paul George supporter. I've always felt like he's a tad overrated, but he's still a fantastic player, two-way player, um, can really play alongside anyone, I feel like. So with, with Ben Simmons, Paul George now, I mean, this team's looking a little, a little scary. It is. Uh, there's a, there's some good defense there, but this isn't a game made for uh, for defense. It's the one game that defense probably doesn't matter that much in. That being said, I'm still going to pick a uh, probably the best two way guy that uh, remains on the board and continue with the young movement here. I have there's a pattern. I, I'm sure you're seeing it now. I think you've got uh, every Jaylen first time all star. Yeah, <laughs> you've got Jaylen every first time all star. <laughs> is my selection. Uh, I said maybe a week ago now, right here on this program, that I thought he deserved to be a starter. Um, so how could I not pick him? You know, with uh, with my reserve pick here, um, he was terrific when Jason Tatum was out, and uh, and really sort of carried the Celtics, and that's what made me believe that he deserved to be a starter. Uh, 25 points per game this season. That's up from five a year ago. Uh, his playmaking is there. He's averaging four assists this season, a career high. We already know about his defense. He's a, he's a two-way stud. But I think the efficiency is what really does it for me. He's close to 50% from the field, 38% from three-point range. Um, that is not just a uh, you know flash in the pan. Like he, he, he's, he did that last year as well. So it's a continuation from a season ago. And I think the shot selection, the volume has increased and, and the efficiency stay the same. But I think it's shot selection, uh, even being the number two guy next to Jason Tatum is uh, is pretty impressive because it is tough to be. I don't think people give Robbins, uh, for lack of a better term, or, or, or sidekicks uh, enough credit for how hard it is to play alongside the number one option and still be efficient. It, it's, it's not easy. It's a very tough thing to do because a lot of the times you only get so few opportunities and you really have to produce at a high level in such a small window. Uh, that's why it's tough to, 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 to match guys up. And sometimes the numbers matter and, and, you know, sometimes the numbers are able to make it work, but it turns out to being your turn, my turn. And we're starting to see that a little bit in Boston, but I, I think by the time they get to the playoffs, they'll be able to figure it out and, and be able to mesh and, 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 and fit together smoothly. Uh, Jalen Brown, he, he's just been terrific. Uh, and he, again, hometown. So he's the only hometown guy as well. in on this, uh, on this roster. So, Maybe he's going to be gunning for the MVP. I'm, I'm looking for guys who want to win the MVP, not just the game. <laughs> and I, I feel like I have a lot of them. So Jalen Brown's just going to add to that list. Yeah, you have a bunch of guys who either might just get caught up in the moment because they've never been there before, or <laughs> I, I don't know, honestly. Yeah, um, yeah Jalen Brown's awesome. You're not going to, I'm not, never going to say anything negative about him. When you speak of his efficiency, I, I will never forget the one game he had this season when he scored 33 points in 19 minutes. Like, that's just absolutely absurd and i think that was kind of the height of his season when he was just stringing together uh, probably the best couple weeks or month of his career so it, it's we've spoken about him a little bit already i think this season and how you know most improved 
it's a tough award because it really does reward the the one player who's made the biggest leap in one season. But I do think it ignores guys like Jalen Brown who just year after year get incrementally better to the point where they are a star. And I've said it before, it's the same thing with like a Bam Adebayo. You know, he, he was a candidate for most improved last year, but he didn't make as big of a leap as someone else. Um, but that kind of takes, takes him out of the conversation, which is... Um, it, it's tough sometimes. And another guy is like DeJounte Murray in the Spurs. He, he improves every single season, um, but you don't necessarily find him in these conversations. So I agree. Jalen Brown has been fantastic. I agree, but I also feel like if you're a top, if you're a number three overall pick, then that eliminates you from the most improved conversation. And Jalen Brown was a number three overall pick. He should be get. He should be good. He should be getting get better every year. I I, I think Bam is a better example because yes, he was a lottery pick, but he was outside the top ten. The, my rule is if you're in the top ten, you should be getting better. Uh, and then there's maybe a few exceptions that you can make uh, for guys that fall, you know, from five to ten. But if you're in the top. If you're in the top five, forget about it. You never should win the award. And then if you're in the top ten, maybe a few exceptions. But outside of that, I think it's fair game. And, and you're right. It, it, it doesn't really credit the Bam out of Biles in the in the world because he, as you said, he's gotten better progressively and not just had the the leap that we've seen Christian Wood had this year, for example. Right. I, I'm more upset about the second year players who are in the conversation, but that's that's a that's a different discussion for another day. Uh, so with my next pick, hmm, this is getting uh, this is getting tough. <laughs> I think I'm going Rudy Gobert. Okay. Um, I know I'm loading up on defense right now. You said it's not a defense game. Rudy Gobert is having a terrific season, averaging a double-double. Again, arguably the defensive player of the year. I can switch him and Jokic out if I want to play big. I can go small as well if I want because I have so many wings. Um, I might even play Jokic and Gobert together. Who knows? Right. But uh, yeah, th- there's there's a lineup there. I don't know. It's like Ben Simmons, Paul George, LeBron, Kawhi, and Rudy Gobert, which it's pretty good. I mean, I... I don't know who you, who's scoring on your team when I rolled those five out. So uh, Rudy Gobert, got to gotta respect the defense. I know uh, we've had this discussion plenty of times before where I feel like defense gets overlooked a lot of times. And yeah, this is not the, the, the situation for it. The All-Star game is not where defense is recognized, but I'm going to reward the big guy. Yeah, that's uh, that's on you. I, I, I'm clearly not uh, focused on defense here with my roster. Uh, remaining on the board is Nikola Vucevic, DeMontis Sabonis, Donovan Mitchell, and that is it. That's uh, it. Julius Randle. Yeah. No, Julius Randle, right? Uh, he has not been picked either. Uh, so I am going with Demonis Sabonis. I, I think that mm. uh, when you look at the the what I have on my roster right now, I, I do lack bigs. Uh, I don't have any big man that could play the five outside of, unless we play Zion at the five and, and, uh, and beat in Giannis. Uh, I, I need an extra big. That's going to be my fourth big here. Uh, with Sabonis, and you know he, he's another guy that is, should be coming in with a chip on his shoulder because he's replacing the injured Kevin Durant. Um, and uh, I think this is the second time he's been selected as an injury replacement. No, yeah, last year he was no, a straight-up all-star. Yeah. yeah, he was a straight-up yeah. all-star last year, and uh, he's having a, an incredible year. In fact, he's having a better season this year than he did last year, uh, and he just didn't get the credit. Um, shooting terrifically from three by his Sanders, 35%, after shooting 25% a year ago. Uh, he's up the volume a little bit, Scott. He's moving to, to, to almost three attempts a game. Uh, so, you know, he, he's expanding his game he is a rebounding machine uh, i think he's probably i think when people think about the best rebounders in the league they always go to the zions and the drummonds I, I don't hear many people talking about sabonis and this dude has been doing it now for the last couple of seasons uh he's an ultra rebounder so um you know if there are any missed shots if uh you know the rims are a little bit unfriendly 
here in uh, Atlanta on the seventh. I got a couple guys that are going to go get it and uh, secure some extra possessions, and and Sabonis is one of them. So twenty and ten, very few guys are doing that in the NBA today. Uh, so give me Sabonis. To take that a step further, he's one of only four guys averaging twenty ten and five assists. Um, wow. The other two, two of them are Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo. The fourth is the guy I'm going with next, Julius Randle um, from the Knicks. I, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. A few years ago, I I thought people were writing off Julius Randle a little too soon, um, and then I got kind of down on him. I feel like that first year in New York, I was skeptical that I'd be able to make it work this season, um, especially after drafting. I mean, my my biggest concern for the Knicks going into the season was like, I mean, what do you do with Julius Randle and and Obi Toppin in that front court? Like, how's that gonna work out? Um, and he's just made me and anyone else who doubted him look absolutely silly. He's been incredible. Um, averaging, again, 20, 23 points, just under 11 rebounds, and just under six assists. Um, and he's been, I mean, he's been really efficient, too. He's been one of the best um, mid-range scorers, actually. I don't have the stats right in front of me, but he's just been absolutely automatic from mid-range. Um, and then he's also having the best three-point shooting season of his career. He's taken just under five threes per game, shooting 42%. Um, so, yeah, he's... and. I mean, I'm taking away a first-time All-Star from you as well and doing this, which is an added benefit. <laughs> it's crushing um, me. <laughs> it is. So I, I think he's going to play hard. That's the only way that he knows how to. And uh, I I have some bigs here. I have Rudy Gobert, Julius Randle, and Nikola Jokic, but we'll, we'll figure it out. It's funny because uh, when you look at Julius Randle, um, I think a lot of people think that you know this guy came out of nowhere. But that one season that he spent in New Orleans, and for a lot of you didn't realize that he was in New Orleans for that one season, he was in New Orleans for one season. Uh, he came off the bench for most of it or, or part of it. And uh, when you look at his numbers from that year compared to what he's doing this year, you can argue that he's actually uh, on on par with, with some of that production. Uh, he, he's definitely more efficient in the year that he spent in New Orleans. Um, that, But that also has to do with him not being the number one option. But at least the signs were there that he could become a better player than I think you know most you know expected out of him after he left LA and now here here we are he's in the biggest market and uh is an all-star for a team that hasn't produced many all-stars in the uh in, in most in recent memory I think Carmelo Anthony was the last Nick uh to, yeah, to so. and Anthony and, and Porzingis would be the last Knicks right to to, to yeah, you're the right. all-star team that was a long time ago, um, and here we are, Julius Randle, um, the go-to guy on a Nick team that is once again in the mix for the postseason. What? And they're above five hundred. Not only that, they're, they're fourth in the East right now, and I know that's a little tricky because it's like it feels like there's like four teams that are half a game behind them, uh, and a fifth team that's one game behind or whatever. So by the time you, if you listen to this in three days' time, like they could be eighth for all we know. But um, yeah, right now they're fourth, which again I did not see coming into this season, and and he's been the the driving force there. Yeah, he, he deserves to be rewarded with this all-star bid, and I'm glad that he was able to do that. He he's clearly worked on his game and got to the next level. I don't think we talked about his playmaking. Close to six assists yeah. per game. Like he's five and a half per game. That's awesome. Uh, and he's had a lot of stress in terms of playmaking and, and making sure that offense gets buckets because they're one of the worst offenses in the league. Uh, imagine if they didn't have Julius Randle. That would be a, a disaster. Uh, Nikola Vucevic and Donovan Mitchell remain on the board. Those are the last two picks left. I am going with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I, nothing against Vooch, um, and nothing against Donovan Mitchell for him sliding down this far. I just think there was other guys uh, above them that, uh, 
deserve to pick. And uh, I'm the reason why I'm picking Mitchell over Vooch is I, I just don't want any slow guys on this team. I, I'm looking to run. I, I want to get out on the floor and, and run. And I think Embiid is probably the only one that might hold us back from doing that. Uh, when you look at my rosters, a lot of guys that will want, like to get out on the open floor and perform at a high level and above the rim. So here we, here we are with Donovan Mitchell to add to that. I'll happily take uh, Vucevic with my last pick. He, you um, were going to pick Mitchell anyway, even if he was the last guy there. <laughs> you, you, you just were you were just going to go without and say, you know what, he he, he can ref this game. He's not he's not playing for me. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll never find out. We'll never find out. But um, look, I'm not too worried about Vucevic and and being slow. Clearly, because I also drafted Rudy Gobert, one of my other picks, so I'm not right. worried about playing a slow down game. But. but it was really hard. The, the The last spots in the East were really hard this season because there were so many deserving candidates. And I really did think that Bam Adebayo was more deserving than DeMontis Sabonis, not to take away from him. Um, but I did think Bam deserved one of these spots. Jimmy Butler could have easily been in one of those spots too and could have been the replacement. Um, and I didn't actually have Vucevic on my list, but... No one did. I don't know about that. I I, I think people did, but he was just one of those really tough cuts because he's been one of the best and most productive big men in the league this season, but Orlando has just been terrible, and it hasn't really been his fault because they've dealt with so many injuries, Um, and he's basically been the only player on that team at this point who can kind of do anything offensively, and he's had to do absolutely everything, and he's done it efficiently. Like He he leads all centers, by the way, in made threes to this point of the season, and he's shooting them at a 42, just under a 42% clip. Um, that's been like the one thing in his game where he has struggled a little bit up and down in his career. And with that in his arsenal now, there's like, there's really nothing that he can't do, um, against the 29 teams when he's not playing the Toronto Raptors for, for whatever reason, he, <laughs> he just falls apart. And same with Joel Embiid, by the way, for whatever reason, whether Margasol is there or not, um, Joel Embiid struggles against the Raptors. It's, it's fascinating, but, um, no Vucevic, I'm happy with him going with this pick. Um, it sucks that it had to be the last pick for him, but he's a deserving all-star. And, and yeah, I might roll out a lineup at this point with uh, Vucevic, Gobert, and Jokic. Just go three centers. Um, and Randall, by the way, he might just play point guard because he's been the best passer out of the four of them this season. Actually, what am I saying? Jokic is the best passer. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know where you're going. Yeah, no, second best passer. So maybe Jokic is the one, Randall is the two, whatever it is. Um, got a few big men on my team, but we'll make it work. Yeah, I, I you were talking about Vucevic, and again, nothing against the dude. I, I think he's having an all-star caliber season. I just think there is more deserving uh, selections this year, and this is just off the top of my head. Gordon Hayward, I think, uh, should have been uh, selected over him, and I'm, I'm not going in order here. I'm just going off the top of my head. Hayward's having an incredible season for a Charlotte team that many didn't think would be in the mix, but here they are. They're in the mix, and they're in the same division as Orlando, so they're playing the same competition. They're playing the same teams, relatively the same schedule, uh, and and they're doing and he's doing it with a lot less talent, in my opinion. Uh, and wait, I'm sorry, you know, wait, Gordon Hayward's doing it with less talent? With the younger talent, for sure. For sure. Have Miles you have you have you seen who like who's playing on the Orlando Magic right now? But but this is an Orlando team that has made the playoffs. How, how many each of the last how many years with the exact same roster? The, the, the that's, Hornets. That's still true. We though. didn't know that. We didn't know that Lamelo. So the last two seasons, the, the the Magic have made the playoffs, right? We didn't know that Lamelo Ball was going to be this good. We didn't know that. True, but like the last game for the Magic, their starting five was Michael Carter Williams, Evan Fournier. Alfred Camino and Dwayne Bacon next in a college injury stuff, right? That's not. That's but, not. But that's, that's what I'm not, saying. That, but, that's, but that was my point with Vucevic. It's like that they've been a really bad team this season, but it's so hard to hold that against them because they've just been. They've had so many injuries. I think they actually. Um, I checked it yesterday because of the news about the Hawks letting go um, of their head coach in Lloyd Pierce. I looked it up. 
and I think the Magic have actually lost the most man games this season due to injury. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Markel Fultz has, has been out. I think he played eight games. Um, he was having the best season of his career. Jonathan Isaac obviously has been out um, since the bubble. Like th- this team has just dealt with so many injuries that it's almost like it's hard for me to hold that against Vucevic. Um, and I'm saying this from someone who like didn't actually have him on my reserves ballot because I went with Bam Adebayo uh, with one of the forward spots. And I also think Jimmy Butler was a legitimate candidate. But I, I do also think that like I-, I have no problem with Vucevic being an all-star this season. I do. Gordon Hayward, I think, uh, is more deserving. And I also think that you could have made an argument for for guys like Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. I think you could have made an argument for Chris Middleton. I think you could have made an argument for Trey Young. I think you could have made an argument for Bam and, and Jimmy, as you said. So those are – it's off the top of my head. A couple guys – just named, what, six, seven guys that I think you can make an argument for uh, that are more deserving, in my opinion, than Vucevic. Vucevic is here. We'll have to deal with it. He's not on my team. He's on yours. So you, you can you can have fun with that. Well, he's gonna have he's gonna have a file under him after you said all that, and he's gonna come gunning in this game, and he's gonna lead me to victory. Then, <laughs> yeah, so there maybe. you go. I, pre- I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> maybe, uh, hopefully that uh, <laughs> that ha- that lights a fire under his team because they they definitely need it if they plan on making it three years in a row for the postseason. All right, so my team uh, is uh, Luca, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum replacing Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Joel Embiid, Chris Paul, Zion Williamson. Zach Levine, Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Demonis Sabonis, and rounding it out with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, what do you have? Ooh, all right. I probably should have written this down as we were going along, but I have LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, and Kyrie Irving as my starters. Reserves, James Harden, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Julius Randle, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, um, Nikola Vucevic, and yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that is your your squad. Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about my squad. You should. You should. We're, we're, at the end of the day, we're picking all stars here. We can't, can't, can't. There's not. There's not much of a, a losing factor. Like the fact that we were, you know, debating on whether or not to take Donovan Mitchell or Vucevic with the last pick. We could be in worse situations here as uh, the fake Kevin Durant and fake LeBron James. Uh, we hope that you guys enjoy this and uh, remind you on the fourth. Uh, March the 4th is when the real draft will be happening on TNT. And, of course, the All-Star game slash weekend uh, all compounded into one begins on uh, March the 7th. Coverage at 5 p.m. Eastern time uh, on TNT. You'll have the skills challenge. Uh, You'll also have the three-point contest. You'll also have the dunk contest and the game itself. Um, Do you have a uh, a prediction for for the game? Who, who, Who do you think will have the better team? Uh, Durant or, or LeBron? We don't know the teams yet, of course, but who do you think will end up picking the better team? Whoever drafts Nikola Jokic, number one, will have the better <laughs> team. Um, I, I honestly... It's tough because I always feel like um, players don't choose the players that I think they would or the players right. that I think they would like. <laughs> um, so I, I'm just going to go with LeBron because uh, you can never go wrong with choosing LeBron. I'll say that. As far as... like. I, I'm interested to see who, who does win MVP of this game. I think Damian Lillard every single season is a possibility for it just because he can get hot in a hurry and he's the kind of guy who, who does play really hard in these situations. Um, Giannis, like we always already talked about, is a good candidate for that. And I think Kawhi won it last year, right? Kawhi won it last year. The yeah. year before was Kevin Durant. So um, it'll be interesting to see who wins it this year. If I had to take a prediction, uh, I'm actually going to go Giannis uh, uh, for winning the MVP. As Like I said, off the top, he... He's a dude that doesn't know when to slow it down, and I think uh, this All Star Game is going to be perfect to uh, 
to, to, to kind of win that MVP award with everybody maybe walking a little bit in, in sand, uh, quicksand, Leonis is going to come out and, and, and really try to dominate and assert himself as one of the best players in the NBA. He always seems to want to send that message that, hey, yeah. I'm here. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. It doesn't matter if it's an All-Star game or a regular season. He always wants to send that message across the board, and I think he'll use that in the All-Star game here. Um, I'm going with uh, Kevin Durant to, to, to pick the better team because he's not going to be playing, so he can really actually be a GM situation. He, he's taking himself out of it and can build the best team where I think LeBron will just try to pick guys who he'll have fun playing with, and that might hurt him. So I'm going with Kevin Durant's team uh, to, to win this All-Star game. Again, which is funny. Uh, which is funny, by the way, because you said he's probably going to take Kyrie Irving number one uh, with is, his pick. Which, well, which, not probably. He's definitely doing that. No right? offense like to he, Kyrie, but that's not the right pick in, in this situation. But it's, not, it's <laughs> probably not. But uh, again, you can't go wrong. It's all all stars. There's really, really no wrong answer. At the end of the day, Kyrie Irving is still an all star NBA champion. So we can't. Is. It, it's not that bad of a number. Hey, one nothing against pick. Kyrie. Nothing against Kyrie. But, but yeah, um, yeah, you know, I, I would just go somewhere else with that one. We'll we'll see what they do on March the fourth on TNT and of course the game and everything else on uh, March the seventh. Enjoy your the rest of your week. Enjoy your All Star weekend. We've made it almost to the halfway point of the NBA season. Can't believe we're saying that. We will see you next Tuesday right after the All Star game and get you set for the second half of the NBA season right here on NBA Sound System. <laughs>